James, chapters 4 and 5. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honour. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticise and judge each other, then you're criticising and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbour? Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Chapter 5 Look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of Heaven's armies. You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. 
you have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience in suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honour to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no, so that you will not sin and be condemned. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then, when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. The photo for today's show is from London, England. It's actually from Covent Garden Market, which used to sell fruit and vegetables and now is really a place where you can find a lot of handmade crafts and jewellery, artwork, antiques, collectibles. It's very interesting. So although I lament the fact that they're there's no fruit and vegetables being sold anymore. But it's an interesting place to go and shop. You've got a lot of brands. If you're into the Moomins, those cute little characters of Finnish literature, they have a store there. If you like Apple products, there's a flagship store there that's got a spiral staircase, and then that goes up to a glass floor. So 
that's interesting. <laughs> but Covent Garden also is a place where entertainers come and you will find folks juggling knives and throwing fire to comedians. I mean, you just never know what you're going to get. So the picture today is from one of the craft stands, the vendors there, and it's of stamps. Well, the kind of stamps that, you know, you do stamping with the the ink and you can make really beautiful little cards and little pieces of art with these stamps and uh, different types of ink. As you can tell, I know a lot about stamping. <laughs> Um, but anyway, the picture is of a collection of letters. And initially when I walked past there and took that picture, I remember it well, I was thinking that they were really the, maybe for like a printing press. I'm not really sure why I thought that because they're kind of too big. doesn't make sense. Now when I look at the picture, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, they're for like stamping. But what attracted my attention to the picture when I was actually thinking about what is it about this picture that I want to share with you. I noticed that a lot of the letters are in reverse, but for some reason, if you look at the image, you'll see there are several letter B stamps. And the B is pointing in the other direction to the other stamps. And you can see some of them are slightly different colours. Maybe they, it's the remnant of ink on them. I don't know. But what really caught my eye is that amongst all these hundreds of letters, in the top right-hand corner, what do I see? But an old camera. Not too far removed from the kind that I first started taking pictures with, when I was about 10 years old. And what struck me about this image is a lot of stamps all kind of facing in the same direction. We've got the odd few facing in the other direction. And then we've got this completely different stamp that's not a letter at all. And it kind of made me think about society. And then drilling down even closer to me and my personality. So out of all of those stamps, which is the one that speaks to me? It's the one with the camera. But when I think about my personality, and one thing you need to know about me is that I'm a contrarian, but not just a contrarian, I'm a power contrarian. So when I look at this picture and I'm seeing some of the stamps going the other way, I'm like, yeah, okay, they're the contrarians, you know? But then there's the other one that's completely different, or has a completely different view of what's going on around them. So that ties in also to the camera lens. You know, what kind of lens do you use to look at and assess the world around you? You know, what I see through a camera lens is not what my eyes see, because obviously the focal length of a lens determines how much you actually see in the image, right? I can zoom in and you only see a small part of what is in the world around you or 
you know, you have a wide angle lens and whoa, you can see a lot, but you still can't see everything that your eyes can see just in that one picture. So it made me think about how, how do we as people, how do I see things? I see it through a lens, but what is it that determines how that lens has been created, honed over the years? Wow, we can get into a lot of psychology and sociology regarding that question. But when I think about, say, 100 people, if 99 of them are walking in one direction, guess who's walking in the other? (laughs) That's the way I'm wired. And so the beauty of people is that, yes, we're all made in God's image, but we're all so different. And yet he loves us all the same. So ponder that, especially right now, what's happening in the world with a pandemic and a lot of division. Remember that God loved us so much that he created us in his own image, knowing every hair on our head, knowing what we would become in the future, and that he loves us, every one of us, the exact same. To download the photo from today's episode or any of the other episodes, visit ttlm.pictures.com.